are we really about to do this? No, not have another argument over LeBron versus Michael Jordan or have to break up another argument between Trey Lyle and FrenchStretch.com colleague Brian Nolan. No! Are we really about to go into a votes of confidence, which are probably worth about that much, for NASCAR at Chicago this weekend? No, not the old Chicago land. Chicago. Chicago. Gotta say with that nasally whiny sound. Dub bears. That's another one that works for a sector of the population up there. Doubles. Yeah, racing. <laughs> I like that. Very, very good improvisation trait. Well, funny you asked. Of course, we have to do that. Doesn't mean it's going to be worth much, but votes of confidence for NASCAR at Chicago with so much salt that you could fit it into an entire shaker and still have some left over. Nothing provides the intended inspiration quite like a vote of confidence. The confidence I think that the team has. You know, winning makes you feel good. It makes you confident. Now, here's our votes of confidence inspiring you with the certainty you're seeking. So, Trey, I know you're not one to ever ask for forgiveness of Brian Nolan. What do you want me to do? Nothing. Okay. Where I'm coming with this, You've Jay, asked me to do a lot today. <laughs> no. and let's go inside baseball real quick. Yes, I have. I've been dumping a lot on, and you've got more waiting for you when you come back from your Independence Day holiday weekend, by the way. It's, I guess this is what happens when you take a Monday off. But you know what? You know it's coming. See, I try to get you ahead of time. That way you can mentally plan, but do it on your own time frame. You know, kind of do it like that. So one of your colleagues, I want to say it was Luke and Glover for FrontStretch.com, had a list of the Cup Series drivers for Chicagoland. And... Who has some kind of experience of some kind racing on street courses? Because it's not an extensive list. And so it's very compelling and it's a worthwhile read and worth checking out. And he did it for the Cup Series race. There is the Xfinity Series event tomorrow evening, 5 o'clock or so, uh, Eastern Time, from Chicago. By the way, generally when we refer to times here, I know people listen to us all around, but it's generally... Eastern Standard Time because we are based on the East Coast. So a little bit of a note, but we'll try to remind you of that at other points. So anyway, it's a great article. That said, the fact that you have to have that, the fact that we've had no practice, no qualifying, nobody has divulged any strategies of what they've been trying to do in practice, like maybe using a chunk of practice to see what might work for a lap or two for qualifying. And then maybe taking another portion of it and seeing what might work or what might need to be changed for the entire race. Because no one knows much of anything about this race. Much less how the cars are going to pass. Which, I mean, look, you could debate whether that's an issue at other venues. It has been. Short tracks, Martinsville and others. Bigger road courses, Sonoma and others. They've all kind of fallen prey to that with this current iteration of the car. But there's no knowledge whatsoever of what this is actually going to entail. So I'm fascinated by it from a fan's perspective. I, I really do want to watch, if I can, some of the Xfinity Series race on Saturday. It's probably not the whole thing because wife's birthday is con coming up on Sunday. And if I'm going to actually be watching the race on Sunday, I know I'm going to have to take care of her when she wants to go out to eat this coming weekend. By the way, if you want to take care of someone going out to eat, there are often options up for that or other activities at InsaneRadioDeals.com, and they don't have to know that you shop there to take a little bit of the pain out of purchasing something, even though generally it's not, especially when you go to InsaneRadioDeals.com. So that's part of it. 
My big caveat is this. There are a lot of weekends where we will make pre-practice and pre-qualifying observations and recommendations for this weekend. Trey, this is not one of those for me. Now, for you, are you more convicted on anything right now? Or are you with me where you have all this skepticism, maybe exciting skepticism? I'm very excited for it, but I'm skeptical of being able to tell anyone, hey, I'm confident X is going to happen when there's not much confidence to give in our obviously, ironically titled votes of confidence. So I'm confident it's going to be a great event. I am not confident it's going to be a great race. Like, you think it'll look cool on TV, it'll play well in terms of the, the aesthetics. concert with all the drivers Saturday night with the chain smokers, like, the amount of people that are going to be there, like, I, I, I know there's some stats floating around, like, 70% of the tickets sold are for first-time race attendees. I've seen that as um, well, and that's phenomenal for NASCAR. So, uh, I, I am, um, I, I think the event part of it, which I would argue is probably the side NASCAR is looking towards more, is what they want. I think that would be great. I have no confidence in the cup racing because the Xfinity race, like, I think it's going to be two blank shows, to be fair, because the the track surface is not going to be that great. It's going to, you have to be very technical. And I think there's, <laughs> gonna, they're covering up manholes. They're going to, yeah. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of wrecks. Um, I hope, as Parker Kligerman said on the broadcast, the winner of, of both races go into the, the fountain, which I think was told it's illegal technically, but I hope they still do it anyways. Um, so go for it. Uh, so, cause that, that was a cool thing. Uh, when IndyCar used to do Belle Isle before they went to Detroit, uh, to the streets of Detroit, Bill Isle, outside of Detroit, they would always celebrate in the in the, in the fountain. So I, I like that aesthetic. It, there are a lot of cool looks to this particular event. But unlike the clash at the Coliseum, which has been very compelling and some quality racing mixed in there the last couple of years, I'm with you, Trey. I am a lot more skeptical on this. Again, you're welcome to correct me whether I'm wrong or not. But... Here's the funny thing about this. The quality of racing might be better in the Xfinity series, but it may remind us of the end of Portland. And I don't expect most of our listeners to have been paying attention to the end of the NASCAR Xfinity series standalone event at Portland like a month ago in early June. I happen to because I'm a nut job like that. And when the race was actually wrapping up, I happened to be going out to get dinner for the family. So I was able to go do that while uh, focusing just on the outcome. Wife was taking care of bathing the kids. So I had a free moment to catch up and figure out what was going on. And it was really good racing in the Xfinity Series race at Portland until the end when you have a caution or two late. And all of a sudden you have guys who are, how shall we say this, not all that experienced going into this. And see, one of the angles to this race weekend is Cup Series regulars are not allowed to run in the Xfinity Series race this weekend. Smart. Which I think from the Cup standpoint is great because nobody's going to get the Cup Series owners are. Yes, like Justin Marks. There we go. That's what I But Cup Series drivers, not allowed. No can do. That's a John Oates play from NASCAR to those individuals, which I think makes it interesting. But that's why I reference Portland as an example because it's not like you've got Cup Series drivers who at least you know they're going to know what to do in these type of situations, or maybe, if nothing else, they're more skilled than the Xfinity Series drivers. Xfinity cars have raced very well on road courses, but you often get these spots where, yes, the amateurism of them not being the Cup guys, but being NASCAR's version of AAA, not the big leagues, they're kind of the minor leagues, it shows up, especially in clutch situations. I would fully expect something like that 
to happen. I'd love it if there was a, an odds out there. It's not. But my vote of confidence would be, will there be a caution in the Xfinity Series race with 10 or fewer laps to go? That yes, if it's anything below minus 200, I would easily lay that. Because it's happened regularly. It's happened on road courses. And now you're dealing with inexperienced drivers and on that surface. Woo! That's going to be quite the comedy of errors. The flip side is the cup cars. We've already seen that they struggle on road courses in general in NASCAR. Now you have a street course where I think drivers are more likely to be, I wouldn't say timid, but more likely to be cautious because no one has a full grasp on what to do and how this event is going to unfold over the course of the race. It goes into that. And even the drivers who have experience in something like this, I'll throw this name out there. Jensen Button is one example. There are others, but that's one of them that comes to mind. There are a lot of drivers out there that are just running this event as a one-off to be in NASCAR, which again, it's kind of great. And it goes with Trey's observation a moment ago that 70% of fans are first-time NASCAR fans in an event like this. That is wonderful for NASCAR. However, even having raced on street courses before, as a select group of drivers have, do you have experience on this type of car and in street courses? Which, if I were to advise making some kind of wager, especially before practice, which again, you can tell I'm already very leery of that. The names that come to mind would be Austin Cendrick and AJ Allmendinger just because they've got some kind of experience, but I have my own concerns because they haven't been in very good cars throughout this year. So take what I say with a grain of salt. I have no official play on this weekend. Sometimes it's okay to say, you know what? I'm going to sit back, relax, and enjoy it. Maybe you get involved in the middle of the race. Maybe you feel more confident after you see practice and qualifying and someone really knows what they're doing or a team or an organization seems to have demonstrated a grasp on this. But I would just say tread very lightly. That's my observation. Not so, to rain on anyone's parade. So the only, I might bet AJ... Um, but I would also bet Shane Van Ginsburg because he, he does the V8 supercars in Australia, which is basically, it's a very similar style car to the, to the cup car and it's on street courses and he's really good. I'm, and he's done a lot of iRacing. So he kind of is familiar with how the car is from that point of view, which is, I know not the exact same, but at least he has some sort of experience on how the, like the gears and that, like the gear, those sort of things. I don't know if he'll win, but he's at 40 to 1, so putting a little money on that might not hurt. Uh, but maybe get a top 10 or even a he's at 4 to 1 to get a top 5. I might even do that too cuz he's also in a track house car, which should be good on the road course. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. I think that's very viable uh, your observations, but those are trays, those are his recommendations. Again, I have none other than I think it's going to be compelling this weekend. But my confidence level is worth a vote of confidence, which, as we know in sports, when those are dished out, it's usually not a complimentary thing. What is complimentary is complimenting your lawn with great looks and making sure it's maximized. Over Street Ace Hardware, they'll help you with that. Lakeside Drive Lynchburg and 221 in Forest. They've got steel products from the steel plant in Virginia. Blowers, trimmers, chainsaws, plus... If you want the gas, the battery-powered mowers, Ego battery-powered mowers are also available at Overstreet Ace Hardware. Now, other topics we get to address in not the best of notes here in the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. 
number five. ESPN Today. We knew there were layoffs a month or so ago behind the scenes. That does not resonate with very many people. Today, it was front-facing individuals who've been laid off from the ESPN platform. Hasselback is one of them. Jeff Van Gundy, a phenomenal NBA analyst, fits that description. He was laid off today. Susie Colbert for ESPN, 25-plus year run there. Really good at covering the NFL. And the one that touched me the most because you know, he reached out to me on Father's Day. He's reached out on Christmas. We've had him here in the fast lane. But Lafonso Ellis, ESPN college basketball analyst for many years, will be part of those layoffs as they take place. Um, again, it makes sense. You're wrapping up the first half of the year budget-wise. I don't know if ESPN is a January through December company with Disney and ABC or a July through June company. Some people start their fiscal year at the beginning of July. I'm not sure what they are in that regard. But it's a clean-cut time frame from an HR standpoint and from a payroll and an accounting standpoint. And that sounds very cold, but... Generally, these decisions are very cold, and I hate hearing about it. It's the reality of this business that you're going to have certain talent that many people might deem untouchable. Drobuck and Troy Aikman, who got big salaries, Kirk Herbstreit on the football side of things, certainly other analysts and personalities out there like Stephen A. Smith. Some people have speculated Mike Greenberg. I don't really get why because he's never been a guy that I've personally been like, hey, I can't wait to hear what he has to say. But he is a Jets fan who's from New York, and it often resonates with New York biased uh, executives who think the world revolves around that area. And whether that's fair or not, that's often the reality. It doesn't make it right or wrong, but it is what it is. And I hate hearing about these people that are laid off because by and large, a lot of the people laid off today fit the description of people who I think provide maybe not provocative insight, but thoughtful, thought-provoking insight. Get you thinking, quality insight and analysis, and you hate hearing about these departures. And in particular for us here in the fast lane, a friend of ours, uh, Lafonso Ellis, who uh, we hope will land on his feet. I know he will. I look forward to seeing what ends up happening, and certainly we'd be happy to uh, help with whatever we can. I don't know what use we can be in that regard. Their update, David Pollock has been let go. David Pollock has been let go. Yep. There will be a group of people that think that was faith-based. I don't think it's nearly as much faith-based as it is. You're just looking for ways to shed salary in an era where, obviously, when distribution is down in terms of the amount of homes ESPN's reaching, direct-to-consumer is big. They've already tried to prune the tree in terms of what they're bidding on and where they're not bidding in terms of rights, fees, and distribution. Something's got to go. And, yeah, the cold reality of businesses, some people are deemed more valuable than others. And generally speaking, salary, or in the immortal words of our guy Kenny Powers, dollar, dollar, bills, y'all, is the way that you judge that. Yeah, and this is a bigger Disney issue than it is an ESPN issue. Disney is kind of, with Disney Plus and a couple other projects, lost money last year, sort of, in certain departments, and they need to cut costs. And this is kind of one way they do it. I know people are like trying to draw connections to... Pat McAfee joining ESPN and then these cutoffs happen. I think they don't really play a part. ESPN realized if we need to grow, we got to get the best talent out there. And that's why they are, I say, consolidating talent, but trying to keep their most popular stars. So they have to do that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I get it. And you're going to keep your most popular stars and you tell people what you think of stars based on how much you actually pay them and what kind of deals they get in the deals of Buck and Aikman on Monday Night Football and ESPN going all in and getting uh, bidding for and being rewarded with the Super Bowl rotation that 
They like Kirk Herbstreet a lot. I think he's great on college sports. I don't know what value he brings like the NFL draft coverage when he's never really made those type of decisions, but he's phenomenal as a college football analyst. And they've clearly spoken about that. Again, I don't get the greeny one. It never really has resonated with me, but Van Pelt and Stephen A, people pay attention to them. Their roles are often what, uh, you know, have demonstrated the value. And Van Pelt, in his great defenses, he's taken on a lot of responsibilities, even though he doesn't have his radio show. But you've seen this at ESPN, where the reality is, is when you're tied in with other companies, that when they fail, even if it's not ESPN directly, but maybe Disney, ABC, or a combination, everyone ends up suffering to a certain extent. Number four. Thank God nobody ended up suffering when this took place a couple of weekends ago. Bob Huggins, the now former West Virginia coach, who had the DUI arrest and ended up being uh, let go, well, basically let go, about two weeks ago as the head coach of WVU. Um, First of all, the the instance itself, and uh, you may have heard about this by now, but the fact that there's like a seven-hour window from when he had a receipt at Burger King and was there to when he was pulled over for a DUI and he couldn't recount anything that happened during that seven-hour window... That's pretty harrowing when you think about it. The potential to be driving around for seven hours and you're lit or tanked. I mean, here's the other thing. You're a coach. Have some common sense. Pay a personal assistant. When you make millions of dollars a year, pay the person 100 grand, 150 grand, whatever number you deem arbitrary enough and say, look, you're going to be the person who drives me if I've had too much fun at a function. You're going to be the person that picks up my dry cleaning, that goes to the store when I need to get something. Any of those things and voids that need to be filled, that's what your role is. I mean, clearly it seems like the guy didn't care. Between the homophobic, anti-Catholic slurs on the Cincinnati radio station a month ago, that's part of it. And then, yes, there were people out there that speculated that Bob Huggins had a history of this type of behavior, including his DUI arrest back in 2004. And I've heard that from multiple people. Um, The other part is this. West Virginia trying to figure out how to replace him. They end up promoting Sean Eilert, who's the assistant coach, who only has one real year of any coaching experience. The reality is, is you're going for a stopgap measure. They kept a couple of guys. They lost a couple of them to the transfer portal. Uh, really, for West Virginia, it's about holding it together as much as possible this year. If you have a coach who goes on like the Jerome Tang Kansas State run and finds a way against all odds to get them to the Final Four, God bless you. But the reality is, is if this is a job that actually there is a lot of money. They have a lot of resources they're willing to spend. They kind of fit the take the check, take the losses to be in the Big 12 and maybe put their resources to succeed in other programs. And they've got a number of high-end financial boosters, including the owner of the Arizona Diamondbacks. So they're kind of a sleeping giant in that regard. I think they can attract somebody, but it's not going to be right now when rosters are set. And yes, coaches could theoretically leave for that job, but it's not really a good look. And it's not the type of job where you go, oh, Bill Self retired at Kansas, or oh, Bill Self took an NBA job in the middle of June. I think I'm going to go take that. It's a little bit different. That's why you're kind of taking what you're left. Trey, one more. I am... we need to rewind for a second while we're in the middle of this. And we're not talking about Rewind 103 Nine Lynchburg's Classic Hits. Did you just basically say that Bob Huggins driving intoxicated for seven hours was impressive? No, I said it's absolutely ridiculous. It's- it is. But I thought you you're like, there's something commendable about I. I, I Maybe it's Friday. My brain's not working. You know, if I did, that's not what I meant. It is okay. ridiculous to be driving okay, around that long. I I, uh, I started laughing because I I I'm pretty sure you said that. Um, but uh, you know what? We don't. Indul- <laughs> As I say, every happy hour podcast, 
like you can do this weekend. Crack open a cold one and relax unless you're driving. Yes, don't do the Bob Huggins thing. By the way, we might have to, when you and I have a disagreement in here and Ty Tracy's in with us, we might have to go what we will now call the tie breaker. Oh, that's <laughs> a good one. Yes, indeed. That might be in the future, so stay tuned for that. Number three. NASCAR appears to have moved away from the idea of selling the full Xfinity series, their AAA series, formerly the Bush series, selling the full Xfinity season package to a streaming service like Amazon. We'll use them as an example. The package will likely go to a media company where races may be strictly TV, others strictly streaming, and certainly the TV ones would probably be enabled on streaming. Um, here's the thing. Of all the sports that are out there that could go exclusively streaming to watch the event itself, I don't care what level of NASCAR you're talking about. And yes, fans have used some of the passes available online to watch some of the smaller circuits. That has grown in the motorsports fan base lexicon for a lot of grassroots stock car racing circuits of different varieties, modifieds, late models, what have you. The truth is, with something like this, keep it simple for NASCAR fans. Make it available on TV, especially when you look at the fact that there have been races this year that have pushed a million viewers. And we're not talking about Cup Series races, we're talking about you know, kind of a second tier grouping in NASCAR. Putting it on streaming service sounds great, but you can't even get a real gauge on the effectiveness of streaming when that is in fact the case. Number two. Meanwhile, speaking of streaming services, Amazon does still appear to be the front runner for a mid-season package of races akin to what TNT used to carry years ago, a six-race mid-summer schedule. Talks with Amazon, though, have gone slower than expected, and according to sources given to Sports Business Journal, Amazon is interested in the package and still talking, but the company, like ESPN and like the theme, unfortunately, at the beginning of the Fast Five at Five-ish, more conscious of layoffs in lieu of the news today of ESPN layoffs, Amazon doing the same thing, especially if they want to get into bidding for the NBA. Increasingly, it's a haves and have-nots business and industry. I don't think NASCAR goes directly to the have-nots because I think there's plenty of value and sports media rights across the board. When you're talking about consumption through visual platforms, either having stuff that is live like sports or news and immediate and current, those are the one or one of the two areas where you can't really time shift through the commercial messages. Where if you, you know, let's say you own a business and you try to advertise on just traditional cable TV, I mean, heck, I can DVR a lot of programs, just fast forward through your commercial and never have to pay attention. Harder to do that on other surfaces, which carries value. But for NASCAR, this is a truth as well of what they're facing. And number one on the Fast Five at Five Ish. Lastly, also according to Sports Business Journal, Fox, first half, NBC second half of the NASCAR season, they are reportedly far along in their talks to renew their respective packages with NASCAR, but they have not agreed on a price, which, as we know, is always the thorniest issue because, like any big business and any well-functioning business, the focus is regularly on dollar, dollar bills, y'all. As Kenny Powers, the HBO star, would like to remind you. Here's the other thing. Unless the talks hit a snag, it is expected that Fox and NBC will both remain in business with NASCAR, but there is a delay in this. Part of it could also come to what role Amazon has, the potential to maybe split streaming services or to go all in with more streaming rights opportunities. People are trying to go direct to consumer, but I think with NASCAR, it's a lot harder just given the nature of their fan base. And there is your Fast Five at Five-ish. When we return in the Fast Lane, we touched on the battles, unfortunately, that plenty of ESPN employees are now facing, whether it's behind the scenes a few weeks ago or 
the on-air talent, as that network, radio and TV alike, continue to be uh, really suffering financially, there are others that have had other battles that are even more serious. And yet, a guy like Doug Smith, Appomattox head football coach, continues to fight that, even with his latest cancer diagnosis coming in over the last few weeks. That story with WSET's Dave Walls, when we return here in the Fast Lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.